Full credit to the boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, the AFL try and ride the second wave of COVID. The Broncos pray for a second wave of COVID. And we talk the sweet science with Dan Attias. Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit Boys live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. You can get us on Twitter at FCTTB underscore podcast, Instagram, FCTTB podcast, all one word. You get me on Twitter and Instagram at former underscore legend, or you can find me on the hashtag Fit firm and 50. Uh, you can find the bloke to my right on Twitter at Sid Punts. He's a man who this week pushed for the IOC to introduce poo jogging to the Olympics. He's recently campaigned Scott Morrison for medicinal, medicinal cannabis to be available to sufferers of paper cuts and dandruff. And tonight he's wearing an I'm with stupid t shirt. Hey, uh, welcome, Sid. Yes, thank you, former. Hello, Australia. Hello, globe. <laughs> I am wearing my I'm with stupid T-shirt tonight. I'm glad you got the joke. It's pretty funny. But it does get cold here in the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. So I'll be putting on my full credit to the boys. Team of the century footy jersey. Putting that on before uh, we do grab a mirrors. They look the business, don't you think? They're coming soon. To all those creditors that bought one very soon in the mail, free postage. Good times, good times. Yeah. You look, uh, make you look slimming. Yeah, they're very slimming. And you can wear them to any footy game. You can put your Cronulla scarf over it if you want. <laughs> if you want to look like a tool. This is Brian Henderson. I'm Alan Jones. I'm BB Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow. Our first headline comes from the Port Macquarie Post. What have they got to say? Sex addict claims hot female gamers caused him to injure his penis. <laughs> A California sex addict is suing the video streaming platform Twitch for $25 million, fair enough, after yeah. claiming the site's overabundance of scantily clad gamers has caused him to injure his penis, according to the lawsuit. In the legal document filed at Santa Clara County Court on June 15, San Francisco's Jack Sofalot uh, claimed the Amazon subsidiary had subjected him to over- overly suggest- just suggestive and sexual content from various female streamers to cure the Twitch in his pants, that's right. Uh, yeah, um, the self-proclaimed sex addict reportedly resorted to using a flashlight, proud sponsors of Full Credit Boys, to <laughs> masturbate while watching the salacious gamers, which resulted in, in him chafing his penis every day. Every day, not that's, just once. <laughs> this uh, is every day, he didn't learn. Strap yourself in, he's running for a ride in. Oh, the, plaintiff's, the, the plaintiff's randy pastime was extremely painful and caused him redness and mild infections that forced him to use neos, neos 
Neosporin on his tip to prevent <laughs> necrosis. Ah, oh, that means um, it goes black and falls off. Tip for young players at home, Sid. Don't confuse the tube of uh, Neosporin with the tube of deep heat. Uh, Sophilot alleges in the transcript he even once ejaculated on his PC monitor, <laughs> which caused his gaming system to short circuit and resulted in a uh, fire that temporarily <laughs> caused, temporarily caused his apartment to black out. Bullshit. I only say bullshit because, uh, in my experience, no amount of ejaculate can cause a short circuit, oh, let alone you, a power you would outage. Know. You'd know. Uh, in response to the post's request for comment on the allegations, a Twitch spokesman simply stated, these claims are frivolous and have absolutely no merit. Sofalot is reportedly uh, following 786 female gamers, and zero male ones, uh, many of whom he names in the lawsuit per the document. As uh, repar- sorry, as preparations uh, were put to the court, Sofalot wants a permanent ban on all listed streamers uh, and he wants $25 million in punitive damages, <laughs> which he says he'll split with other Twitch Turbo subscribers. Uh, any leftover proceeds will be donated to both COVID-19 and Black Lives Matters charities. They'll be wrapped yeah. uh, and funds of the court's choosing per the document. Uh, in the past, Sofalot has unsuccessfully filed lawsuits against Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo... <laughs> The Weather Channel and the television show Credlin Tonight reports the post. <laughs> Mate, I reckon this guy's awesome. What's his name? Sofalot. Jack Sofalot. Jack Sofalot. Uh, I like this guy. He can't stop jerking off, and uh, it's someone's el- someone else's fault. <laughs> Kids nowadays, but I actually agree with him on this one. This is not just a frivolous lawsuit, former. Oh, I think it's got merit. I'm also currently seeking legal advice, and I can tell you, for the same reasons as Jack Sofalot. I'm going to sue TikTok. Not right. There's so many good sorts on TikTok. You really should get TikTok for me. I know you're laughing, but... Uh, oh, Winchester strikes again. You I see what get, you're doing here. You should. <laughs> Making some bullets. You want me to you fire You should get them? TikTok. We could do a dance together. It's right up your alley, former. Good sorts on there in skimpy outfits. And the videos only go for 45 seconds, so you'll probably see the end of one. But it's uh, nah. It's not only I'll be having a smoke by about with five to go. I'd say it's uh, not only TikTok. I'm going after. I'm going after Channel Ten for showing Keeping Up with the Kardashians. That show, show that? hey, they show that. Yeah, that show is just wall to wall glamours. There's Kim, Chloe, Caitlin, Rob. You cannot watch that show without knocking the top off. <laughs> I'm also going after Channel 10 for their aerobics Oz style for the amount of time I wasted as a kid watching that show. I watched that show all the time. I did not get one bit fitter. It's the first time, or it was the first time I was introduced to the term morning glory (laughs) (laughs) and heart starter. (laughs) The ABC, they think they're in trouble now with all these budget cuts. Wait till I take them to the cleaners for what they dish up. Have you seen Question Time lately? I thought we were going to say Q&A. Well, Q&A is just one non-stop wank fest. (laughs) Next story comes from the Singleton Sun, and it says, Naked beach sunbather saves family stuck in rip. Uh, A nude sunbather has been hailed a hero for saving a family of three from drowning in a rip. Was it a chick or a bloke? I was going to (laughs) say, if it was a bloke, he could have just walked in if it was you and just threw something out to him. Yeah. Um, I would have saved how many? Family of three and caught about four fish. (laughs) 
<laughs> a marlin. Um, Wouldn't even get me knees wet. While she was topless, so it was a woman. Oh, good, good. Jessica Layton was sunbathing on the naturist beach at Piedmont near Cornwall on Tuesday when the drama unfolded. Uh, the Singleton Sun reports. The 28-year-old had been at the beach to enjoy the current sunny weather in the UK where it's been getting to a blistering 31 degrees, Sid. 31? <laughs> That's right, 31. Gee, she'll be pink. Uh, it was just after 3pm and the tide was coming in. I decided to go for a final dip before going home, Ms Layton said. I was topless in the sea when I saw two teenage girls struggling to swim near rocks. Their mum ran in to help them and then she started struggling as well. I'm pretty sure I've seen this video, Sid. Yeah, uh, this sounds hot. Keep going. I can say, uh, spoiler alert, stick around for the mouth-to-mouth scene. You would have only seen about 45 seconds of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I watch it in installments. Uh, I swam. Make to- sure you don't ruin me, Jake. Keep I going. I swam towards them and thought, oh, shit, as I realised how strong the rip current was. I was struggling myself. They were panicking, which wasn't ideal in the situation. I was going to tell them to float, which is the best thing you can do in a rip current. Uh, but they were already panicking so much it wouldn't have worked. Ms. Layton, a theatre performer from Cornwall, says she's not sure where the strength come from. She admitted uh, people watching the rescue might have been copped an eyeful. Yeah. Fortunately, I just put my bikini bottoms on before it happened. Boo! It's a, it's, it's a classic, of course. I was going to be topless when something like this, it always happens to me. Yeah. Um, well, just finally, the family expressed how grateful they were on Instagram with reports their father of the two rescued women has thrown himself into the sea nine times since last Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I checked her out. She's a bit of a sort. Uh, I was wondering if this scene was as sexy as it is in my mind, if it actually went down that way. Topless chick giving mouth-to-mouth to two other chicks in bikinis. That's all I heard. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Jack's off a lot. <laughs> yes. He's just knocked the top off again and added the single to his son to his lawsuit. <laughs> But good on Jessica Layton, you spunk. I looked her up. She's saving people with her cans out. Looked her up, followed her on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. <laughs> well, she describes herself as a singer and actress, so she's unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> so good for her doing, doing something a, useful for not, a change. Not doing a whole head during the lockdown. No. Our last story comes from the Cowra Chronicle. A woman confronts boyfriend about having Tinder, and his explanation is ludicrous. Well, I want to hear his side of the story I first. Know, I know, it's very, straight away, yeah, very presumptive. Like taking sides. Straight away. Cower the, a chronicle. The man's always, my subscription. The man's always at fault. Uh, yeah. uh, a woman is finding it a little difficult to trust her partner right now after discovering he has downloaded a dating app on his phone. So what? No, it's um, like research. The unnamed. He probably does a podcast. The un- He's got to do research. Exactly. The unnamed. He's looking for ladies who rescue people in the sea. Exactly. <laughs> the unnamed 29-year-old woman has taken to Reddit, which is where you always go to share your problems, Yes. Uh, revealing she's confronted her boyfriend about why he would have Tinder installed on his phone. What's Tinder? I'm not sure. Um, we'll have to Google that in the break. Yeah. Uh, she was understandably um, pretty confused as to why he would have the app, but the explanation he gave her did little to quell her fears. I've been with my boyfriend for a year now, and for the last three months, we've been living together in quarantine. He has a buzz cut. Uh, not sure if that's upstairs or downstairs, since I first met him, except for the last three months when he hasn't been able to get a haircut for obvious reasons. A few weeks ago, since things have opened back up again, he was talking about maybe making an appointment to get a haircut. I Mm -hmm. asked if he was going to get a buzz cut, and he said, yep. And uh, Obviously, it's Bart Simpson. And I said that I thought his hair looked really good longer and maybe he should get a trim. 
a few days ago. See, they just want to change us. I know. But just listen, let us be. Listen to this. A few days ago, I went onto his phone to play Spotify. Of course you did. Yeah. Uh, Snooping. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed that he had Tinder downloaded. I opened it up and saw that it was set up as a woman's account set to swipe on men. Hey. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> I didn't see this coming. <laughs> you got it all wrong, brother. Uh, it didn't look like he had messaged anyone yet. When I confronted him about it, he told me that he'd created an account to look at men's haircuts. <laughs> Again, not sure upstairs, downstairs. Uh, the woman goes on to say, Sid is a man who's been on Tinder and Grinder. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so, but what go the, on. What are the hairstyles that men usually show on there like? Well, that's that's where I got this idea for. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, pull your pants back up and we're finished now. Uh, the woman goes on to say she'd asked the guy why he didn't just Google it. And he's, he said, um, uh, he had an answer for that. He said, when you search for men's haircuts, it's literally just all male models. Uh, Sid's there with undercuts. If you search for a man in the 30s, it's just stock photos. Online dating is the easiest way to see pictures of a few hundred real random dudes in their 30s so I can find a picture to bring to the barber. Mate, this seems legit. <laughs> when I asked about Facebook, he goes, "I'm just uh, so I'm just going to get an identical haircut to one of my real-life friends so I look like I'm a single white femaleing him. Yeah, that's a good um, point. The, the woman admits she finds his reasoning Plausible. She's an idiot. Write her name down. Uh, <laughs> but when she told one of her friends about it, they didn't agree. She added, when I told my friend's uh, best friend, she goes, do you really want to be one of those women who believes men's ridiculous excuses all the time? Well, she can shut up. Yeah, shut up, um, idiot. So it got me uh, heading over to the Google machine. Yeah. And I've Googled the worst excuses offered up by men who got caught cheating on their partners. Yeah, nice. Have a listen to a couple of these. Tiffany Gypsy uh, on Twitter says, one of the many times my ex cheated on me, he told me she was th- she had the same name as you and I thought it would be a funny story to tell you later on. <laughs> <laughs> he found another Tiffany. Yeah, that's fantastic. At uh, Happy Camper wrote, he super liked my best friend on Tinder didn't know that she was my friend and messaged her. Then when I confronted him, he said someone hacked him. It was updated to this current location and bio was current. I said, how did that happen? His response, I didn't. I don't know how these hackers work, Marissa. Exactly. It's a mystery. <laughs> it's the Chinese. At Jupiter Dreamco, bullshit reasons women have been dumped. He said he forgot we were dating. <laughs> <laughs> Slipped his mind. At Ariana Siren. Um, I think that's it. Did you say that? No, Siren. I don't, I don't think it matters. Um, he said, I did it because you don't go through my phone. I need that. I need someone like that to keep me in check because I never went through his phone. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. At Dwight Frank says her ex tried to get off on a technicality. He said, I wore a condom, so technically I didn't even touch it. Good, good point. <laughs> Different postcode. There's heaps of clauses, asterisks. Juice underscore Campbell says uh, her ex tried to put a positive uh, on the indiscretion. I was testing to see if you'd stay loyal even if I cheated. (laughs) At Ryan underscore Holzer said, it was a birthday present, so it doesn't count. (laughs) Wow. Blokes are assholes. Am I right, ladies? (laughs) Um, What else you got? I've just got to find the username of this one. At single... White lady says, she says when she confronted her boyfriend over being caught cheating, he said, 
We were planning a threesome as a surprise for you and decided to test it out first. Yeah, she's ruined it. <laughs> you ruined it. Uh, at Disloyal Mouse said, my boyfriend said to me, I wanted to see what our future was like. She was an older, less attractive version of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot to unpack in this whole story. This, like, and all those people, dead set have an answer for everything. Uh, he's been caught out having a Tinder account, but he tells his missus, it's okay. I'm only on there to check out blokes. Alarm bells are ringing, Karen. Get rid of him. Am I right, ladies? Here's a story for you along those lines as well. I'm My, on his side, man. Yeah. What we do for a glass ceiling. Exactly. Uh, mate of mine, he was married and uh, was also on Tinder. And his wife's friend saw him on there and dobbed him in. And when his missus hit him up, he said, no, nah, I don't even know what Tinder is. So she had it on his phone, <laughs> said, well, look at this profile. It looks like you. That's your photo. And he looked at the profile on the phone. He's like, Boys have used what my photo. the fuck? Somebody has stolen my identity. <laughs> Someone is using my photo to pick up chicks. This is outrageous. <laughs> Blokes will say anything. Am I right, ladies? His only defense was that he was the victim in all this. He twisted it all around and he, re- he reasoned that he is so good looking that someone on Tinder must have seen his photo on Facebook or something and thought, that'll get me the chicks. Fair enough. Yeah. Innocent. NRL round seven, 2020. And we started on Thursday night when the Penrith Panthers were too good for the Bunnies, winning 20 points to 12. It was an ugly night for the Rabbitohs. Penrith flexed some early premiership muscle with a four tries to two beating. And if it weren't for an uncharacteristic wayward kicking uh, boot from TikTok star Nathan Cleary. TikTok sensation Nathan Cleary. The defeat would have been even worse for the Bunnies, who made 12 errors, conceded eight penalties, and finished the game with 11 players on the field, as Latrell Mitchell and James Roberts were both put into the sin bin late in the match. Yeah, this was a good win for the Panthers. Their attack, attack. Their attack was at its best again, with their first try coming from a kick, their second try came from a kick. But then the Bunnies, they turned on some real attacking play. It was only a forward pass stopping them from scoring just before half time. Then a great inside ball from Reynolds saw the Bunnies fight back in the 50th minute to make it 8-6 to the Panthers. But from then on, the Penny Panthers were too good. But it was a coaching masterstroke from Wanye Bennett to have speed machine James Roberts on the bench, using him to come on the field for only 21 minutes and spending 10 minutes in the sin bin. <laughs> Genius. Uh, the only thing uglier than the Bunnies' gameplay on the night was TikTok star Nathan Cleary's. TikTok sensation, Nathan Cleary. Head. <laughs> <laughs> Cleary suffered a skin infection during game day uh, that had him sitting in Nepian Hospital. Nepian? <laughs> I love saying Nepian. That's uh, stupid. For six hours being treated. Just a... Uh, just on that. Yeah. Does that mean he's broken the bubble? Well, there's all sorts of rules. Like he went and saw his dad, but then someone else went and saw their dad. But he's allowed, even though his mum was there. But sitting in Nepian Hospital. Mate, that's germ factory right that's there. That's right. Six hours. Anyway. Um, 
I'm yeah. thinking South should protest. Mate, where's Peter Fitzsimons when we need a ruling on these things? <laughs> the result saw him play with a swollen face and a bandage on his upper nose. And despite him uh, having a horror night with uh, kicking, trying to kick goals, he was electric when it mattered, according to Full Crew the Boys. Backyard Stats Electric's Lab. Electric's a little stretch, but go on. <laughs> Karate kicking Craig and his rehab... Uh, successful brother, heroin kicking Carl. Um, <laughs> Cleary finished with a try and two goals to go with 15 tackles, a try assist, 64 running metres, a line break and five tackle busts. Yeah, 96 super coach points, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Chinocchio, he was a bit embarrassed during the week. He had a big pimple on his forehead. So big, he had to be put on a drip in hospital leading up to the match. He also had to use antibiotics and filters when he was filming TikTok videos. <laughs> Because he looked hideous, but it doesn't matter how you look. Gavin Miller, he was a good footy player. He was hideous. And Judas's kid... But steer clear of TikTok, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. Judas's kid, he was on fire in this one. Got to give it to him. Scoring a late try to seal the game as the Rabbitohs were down to 11 men and they hung off him. They hung off Chinocchio thinking, he can't attack the line. Suckers, he can. And he mm. did. He had a great game. While the Bunnies were in ordinary form and nowhere near the class of the Panthers, and they're clearly missing the starch that retired Sam Burgess added to their pack, they're two young blokes who gave South fans something to be a little bit hopeful about. Jaden Sewer uh, looks to be a real find, playing for 72 minutes and running for 116 metres with three tackle breaks and making 33 tackles. Meanwhile, Bailey Sirenin, another one we let slip through the fingers. Yeah, I've got more to say about that. Played 39 minutes, but in that time, he scored his first try in the NRL, ran close for 100 metres, and looked energetic and dangerous all night. Yeah, he had a great game, Bailey Sirenin. In only his ninth first-grade appearance, of course, he's the son of famous Tiger Paul Sirenin and brother of Curtis Sirenin. He played two games at the West Tigers before Jason Taylor told him he wasn't wanted. So look to ha- look to see Bailey Sirenin have a long and successful career <laughs> at other clubs. Well done, Scarecrow. Uh, Friday night flip, and the Storm. Well, they just bashed the Warriors, smashed them, fifty points to six. If I was a Warriors player, I'd just be going home. <laughs> well, funny you say that. Uh, a change of coach showed no cause for concern or change uh, in the form of the Warriors, who submitted to the Storm in a nine tries to one hammering. Amid rumours that around half a dozen players wanted to return home to New Zealand, Todd Payton looked on forlornly at the team he now coaches as they went down by over 40 points. Uh, the Storm winger uh, and Fijian flyer Suliasa Vunavalu had a night to remember, finishing with three tries, helping Melbourne to their ninth win in a row against the Warriors, a streak that dates back to 2015. Yeah, they were absolutely hammered the Warriors, 50 points to six, as old mate Stephen Kearney watched the thumping all alone in a hotel room under quarantine conditions in Auckland, crying, eating some white bait and lolly cake. But even though he's gone, the Warriors' troubles remain. Uh, in a weekend of high-profile injuries, the Storm's gun, 5'8". Cameron Munster strained his knee just four minutes into the contest and hobbled his way to half-time, but did not return to the field after that. Storm coach Craig Bellamy said Munster's injury was looking like an MCL strain, uh, and while the club will need to send him for more scans, it was looking as though the 5'8 would miss four to six. Munster uh, optimistically said, about one. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those tackles where I awkwardly fell over. I'm not sure what really happened in the tackle. I remember getting up and being all ginger and sore. 
Um, I had a sore ginger one night, but that's a different story. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, footy, footy trip, Thailand. Yeah. Um, I just had to... Put that st- cream on it before it went <laughs> septic. Right. I just had to strap it and play out to the half time. Uh, it started to cool down and ache a lot more and getting harder and harder as the game went on. Yeah, it really was a round for injuries this week with some big-name players going down in games. Um, but the Storm in this one, they just rolled through the Warriors, scoring from all over the park. An interesting scene at the end of the game when new coach Rodney Payton was uh, cucked by Storm coach <laughs> Bellyache and all-round nice guy Cam Smith. They went into the opposition sheds to teach them all how to play football. I don't know, man. I didn't like this. If I was on the losing side, the last thing I want is for the opposition coach and captain that just towed us up to come in and address the players. Dead set, I would tell them, fuck off. Particularly as um, I understand Smith was trying to get the Warriors to sing the Storm Team song. <laughs> I think that's right out of line. Mate, people are saying what a great sportsmanship thing it was. Did you see Rodney Payton sitting in the back looking? But he's like, the one that gave the okay to it. Yeah, I, I don't like it. Uh, after, I don't like it. After idiots and bad, bad rugby league judges like at former underscore legend were recently critical of Storm half Jerome Hughes. Yes. He, he showed why he's playing in a professional rugby league organisation like the Storm and former legends on a dubious week-to-week podcast. <laughs> uh, Hughes had one of his best games in first grade, finishing with three try assists and seven tackle busts. He was joined by Ryan Pappenhausen, Papa Giorgio. Papa Giorgio. Who was once again. once again stellar for the Storm, ending with two tries, two try assists and two try saves. Yeah, well, I'm glad you uh, brought up the elephant in the room because last week you said to me, Jerome Hughes is a numpty <laughs> and he showed you he had a cracking game. I think I said that off air and it was for a conversation that was meant to remain private. But yeah, whatever. but now I've broadcast it. But uh, you know who else had a good game? While we're talking about things that uh, you, you said don't want to be broadcast live on air. Okay. Oh, Winchester. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll just cut it out. I, you don't know how to edit this podcast. I do. But anyway, he had a cracking game. So do did West Tigers player Josh had a car with a try. Ryan Papa Giorgio, another West Tigers player, two tries. Momoroski, a current West Tigers player, scoring two tries for Melbourne. Nothing warms my heart more, former, than former Tiger players playing well in other teams' colours. Yeah, it's... Uh, and it's a Bailey, recurrent theme this week. Bailey Curtis. Yeah. Um, the second game on Friday saw the Roosters too strong for the Dragons, 26 points to 12. Despite being 10 all at half time, an injury decimated Roosters team were far too classy for a Dragons team who were full of elementary errors and not much attack, eventually winning by 14 points in a five tries to two war. Uh, the Roosters were down to 15 players early, but they were still good enough at the back end of the game, once again putting a team to the sword in the final 20 minutes of a game. They were down to 15 players in this match. I reckon if they were down to just only under 15 players by age, (laughs) they still would have beaten St. George. It looked like uh, it was going to be an upset. My mate, he's a Dragons fan, and he was super confident going into this game. The only way the Dragons would have won is if they were made, Roosters were made to a field all uh, Roosters juniors. Yeah, exactly. He was, uh, my mate, super confident that the Dragons would cause an upset in this one. He's a bit simple, but he's still a mate of mine. At halftime, the Dragons had fought back to 10-all and led this game in the 50th minute, but with Teddy on the sideline and one of the Morris boys, don't know which one, (laughs) and with injuries throughout the game, they were still too good for the Dragons. Yep. 
the Roosters fired in an official complaint to the NRL about the state of the wank best surface after Victor Radley and Sam Verrill's knee injuries suffered in the first half of Friday's clash with the Dragons, with both looking like torn ACLs. Radley went down while trying to make a tackle without making contact with the opposition uh, and look, made a, making a serious ligament injury look likely. Just moments after the news on Radley came through, young hooker Sam Verrills went down with a knee injury as well. He was taking the ball up and dropped to the ground as if he was shot uh, as he went yeah. to put a step on a Dragons player. Yeah, well, Uncle, Uncle Nick has already fired off a complaint to the NRL that due to coronavirus cases in Victoria... Their game on Friday should be postponed and the NRL comp should pause until Radley and Verrills can play again. And it's fair enough too. Radley, he'll be a big loss for the Roosters. The the Dragons, look, they had a brief fight back in this one when... Uh, and this guy. They did some good things. But the Roosters were just too good in the end. Yet, uh, cometh the hour, cometh the man, Sid. And according to Full Crew at the Boys, Backyard Stats Lab, food poisoning Pete and his crook guts brother, toilet polluting Paul. Luke Keary grabbed this game by the scruff of the throat right when he needed to. Keary scored a try of his own to go along with 16 tackles, two try assists, 21 running metres, a line break and two tackle busts. And 79 super coach points. He had a great game. But uh, what about fill-in fullback for the Roosters? Joseph Manu, in the 18th minute, he puts a bomb up, runs through, out jumps the Dragons defenders, slips a no-look behind the back pass to Warira Hargraves <laughs> to score next to the post. Who was a, that again? A great piece of play that had Phil Gould dead set jerking off for about <laughs> 10 minutes. Saturday. And the Cowboys were too strong for the Knights, winning 32 points to 20. In an absolute wake-up call to the Knights, the Cowboys were too strong, winning by 12 points up there in Townsville. Uh, the damage was done by half-time as the Cowboys headed to the Sheds up 26 points to Neil Sid as yep. they blew Newcastle out of the water with four quality tries without a point being scored against them. The Knights added some respectability to the scoreline, but coach uh, Windscreens O'Brien will be fuming at the uh, soft first half, particularly as it was a chance for his side to finish the round on top of the NRL ladder. Yeah, it's an unbelievable turnaround from the Cows. Uh, They conceded 34 points in the first half against the Tigers last week and then blew the Knights away in the first half in this one up 26-0. Does that mean right now, as it stands... It'd be 60 nil Tigers against the Knights. Well, my math isn't that good, but roughly, yeah, I'd say so. The Knights scored four tries to one in the second half, but it was too big a start as the Cows got their third win for the season and the Knights, as you say, missed out on the opportunity sitting at the top of the ladder. Yeah. Now, Newcastle fans were left furious over a no-penalty try call, which denied them a grandstand finish against the North Queensland Cowboys. With two minutes left on the clock and the Knights uh, down 32 points to 20, a break down the right-hand side with Mitchell Pearce finding Kalen Ponga on the last tackle. The fullback put a grubber kick through, which was get regathered by Heimel Hunt. Hunt passed the ball back inside to Ponga with the try line beckoning. However, the Knights' number one was grabbed by Cowboys playmaker Scott Drinkwater, Drinkwater before he could catch the ball. The ball bobbled loose. Cowboys regathered. The bunker, however, didn't think Ponga would have scored and refused to award a penalty try. With two minutes left on the clock, a penalty try with a kick in front would have made, likely made it 32-26 and therefore set up a thrilling final 120 seconds. Yeah, this is a load of bollocks. It's not a penalty try. You can blow up all you want, Newcastle fans. 
it was a penalty and a sin binning for Skywalker. Mm. But that's it. It was a good fight back for the Knights, but it was too little, too late. You can't be down 12 points with two minutes to go and blame the ref. <laughs> and cry poor. Especially when you give up a 26-0 lead. Sucked in. It's uh, over. Now, you don't need Pornhub on Saturday afternoon, Sid. Why when, not? When Jason Tamalolo was running around. Once oh, again, right. he was the dominant forward in this game, according to full credit. The boys' backyard stats lab, hard-punching Paul and his job-seeker uh, brother, uh, cone punching Percy. Uh, the great man finished with 27 tackles, 264 running meters. Unbelievable. Uh, 96 of those were post contact, and one, that's right, one tackle bust. He was unstoppable yet again, and cute as a button, isn't he? Oh, you love him. Goodness me. <laughs> they were without Michael Morgan and Val once, Holmes. Once again, I tested that theory about. Uh, ejaculate on a on a keyboard, <laughs> short circuiting out a computer. That's Bullshit, why mate. you know that guy's lying because every time the Cowboys play, you test that theory. That's right. But uh, the Cowboys forwards stood up in this one. Josh McGuire, I thought he also had a good game. He had 164 running meters, 37 tackles in 60 minutes of game time. And Francis Molo, he was eating up 122 meters in only 35 minutes from the bench. It was good to see the other guys chipping in Finally. around your lover boy, JT. Um, the second game on Saturday, and well, the Broncos went down to Little Brothers, the Titans, 30, 30 points to 12. If you're a Broncos fan, tune out now, man. <laughs> the Broncos reaffirm themselves as the third best Queensland team and the 15th best team in the competition with an 18 point spanking from Little Brothers, or sorry, Little Little Brothers, the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, the Broncos were booed off at halftime by a crowd of 6,262 when they trailed 22 0. And despite a couple of tries in the early tries in the second half, Brisbane suffered their fifth loss in a row. The Broncos players bravely contained their humiliation by having lots of laughs and hugs <laughs> with the Titans players straight after the game. Look, it was another poor performance from the Broncos as the giant killers, they're known now, the Titans <laughs> knocked off another big scalp after beating the Tigers no a couple shame of rounds going ago. Into the Titans. No, exactly. But the Broncos, they're in all sorts of trouble after being. Lockdown all year. Broncos fans couldn't wait to get to the ground just so they could boo their team. Mm. But as you say, after the game, the Broncos players didn't go and thank the crowd for turning up. They spent their time hugging and laughing with the opposition. If Tommy Radonikus was the coach, he would have gone out there and dragged Darius off by the ear and slapped him in the next week and a few others. Twitter absolutely erupted Ordinarily, I... Don't buy into this a lot. I don't like it, but I don't really buy into it. But it was it was a bad look it was on Saturday. A bad look. It, it was genuinely blokes having a good old laugh. And this is the first time the fans are allowed back to the game. And they've lost and their you, fifth fight game on the trot. And oh, you're just hanging out, hugging shocking. each other. It was a shocking look. Jarrell Yaoyi, mm. he tweeted out, um, what I do as a player right now, instead of talking and laughing with my opponents after the game, Go see the fans at a distance, of course. <laughs> say hello, wave at them, and apologise. Do whatever you got to do to say sorry to the people that make this club. That's just me, though, and it's true. Yeah, 100%. It was, it was disgraceful scenes. Uh, Ash Taylor gave us a glimpse of the form we all know he has, according to Full Crew the Boys' Backyard Stats Lab. 
Blunt Force Freddy, and his jazz cigarette-loving brother, Blunt Smoking Sam. Taylor finished with five goals and a try to go with uh, eight tackles. That's right, eight. Two try assists, three running meters. That's right, three. Uh, a line break and three tackle busts. Yeah, Ash three Taylor. Three tackle busts and you only run eight meters. Yeah, Ash Taylor <laughs> was amazing in parts of this game. He had a massive three running meters. But uh, he opened the scoring through some poor, poor Broncos defense when on the last tackle... He barged over from dummy half. Then the Titans' second try was from a tap-on to Anthony Don. Then Ash Taylor was at it again with a kick that led to the third Titans try. Now I understand why C-Bomb said at the press conference they just need a little bit of luck. Tap-ons, bat-offs, <laughs> tries from Intercepts. kicks, barge-overs, none of them really count. Uh, do yourself a favour. If you haven't already, go and check out the press conference after the game from C-Bomb. There's a bloke that is fresh out of ideas. Yeah, clueless. Um, probably had a lot of room in his house, but uh, nothing went right for the Broncos. <laughs> they were reduced to 11 men on the field in the dying moments. Couldn't after, help yourself. After enforcer Matt Lodge went off with a left knee injury in the 65th minute. It's horrible to see. Then winger Corey Oates was sin-binned and they ran out of interchanges. It marks the first time in eight years Brisbane have dropped five straight and the ninth time in their club history. The club record is eight straight losses. They'll beat that. No, I don't think they will. The Broncos are also staring at another record. It'll be the biggest payout in NRL history for a sack coach. Yep, his five-year deal gets a mention in that press conference that I just told you about. He's done it, Mary. By I've him. got five years, so yep. I don't know what you blokes are doing, but I know I'll be in five years. I'm from... good. He actually says to the dudes in the press conference, you're not looking over your shoulder. Neither am I. You're not worried about your job. Neither am I. I I've got a five-year deal. I wouldn't be saying that to anyone in the media. I'm not sure if you've kept, <laughs> kept your finger on the pulse there, Seebs, but uh... He can't read a room, Seebs. <laughs> no. Wow. You start looking over your shoulders. What about Kearney saying, nah, I don't want to go there? Yeah. Uh, so they offered uh, Kearney uh, the assistant coach's job, to which Kearney said, nah, I'm good. This is a bloke that's sitting in quarantine all on his own, eating that cake that I said and before. And white bait. <laughs> white bait. And uh, they said, yeah, straight away, there's an assistant coaching job at Broncos. He's like, no, I'm good. No, no, no. I'll just watch Netflix here. Yeah, and chill. Um, now, the third game of Saturday was first grade, and it was the Eels. A little bit too good for the Raiders, 25 points to 24. In an absolute epic game, the Parramatta Eels won in Golden Point after Clint, the Taurus Gutherson, uh, kicked his first ever field goal of his career. They said no one out there could kick a field goal. No. Um, The Taurus did it. Taurus did it easy. Uh, The Raiders looked gone with five minutes to go, down by 12 points before a Charles Nickel Clockstat double. Pretty sure he didn't pronounce that correctly, but go on. Charles... Nickel clock face double sent the game into uh, extra time. From there, it was a continued arm wrestle before Taurus uh, broke the deadlock and Ricky Stewart's heart. Given one of the Raiders' tries in the first half was scored off a pass that went about oh, seven metres forward. Yeah, seven metres, pretty accurate. And also given the fact that I backed the Eels, you could say karma was served. Yeah, this is the kind of win that I've been waiting for from the Eels. After getting done by the Roosters last week, I was actually fearful that they could drop this game against the Raiders. But even with my mate Mitch Moses going down in this game, the mm. Eels fought right to the death and got the two points in an impressive performance that keeps them on top of the ladder and a lot of people really thinking that this could be their year. <laughs> hey, you're not allowed to press things. I'm the only one that presses things. 
Canberra Raiders forward Corey Horsbrough was taken off in the first half of the, uh, his side's clash with Parramatta in tears with a potential foot injury. Horsbrough was furious that he uh, felt he was cannonball tackled, which attacked, which was obviously when someone attacked his knees after he was brought to ground by Daniel Alvaro, Ryan Madison, the old dum dum, and Reed dumb, Mahoney. Dumb. <laughs> The red-headed, sorry, the red-headed firebrand hobbled off with the trainer and then copped some criticism from the stands as he walked from the field at Bankwest Stadium. Horsbrah. Horsbrah. Flipped the double birds at Parramatta supporters, which we've all done. Yes, there's nothing better than seeing an angry front rower giving the bird to the crowd. But when you're crying because you're injured, kind of loses some of the impact. <laughs> After the game, Hannah Hollis asked Ricky Stewart why Horsbrah was crying. Geez, Hannah Hollis doesn't mind asking the yep. tough questions, does she? And unlo- unlike last week, the got Raiders got an answer. <laughs> the Raiders coach was more forthcoming than Wanye Bennett. Ricky said he was crying because he's a sookie fan of pants, <laughs> and we will not be stopping at Macca's on the way home. That's how you want a coach to answer. Now the playing surface at Wankbear Stadium was cleared to host its tenth game in twenty-one days, despite an official claim, complaint made by the Roosters the night before. Yeah, Uncle Nick, uh, who lost up. And they lost two players to leg injuries. And although the track was given the all clear, Mitch Moses hobbled off in the first half with a calf injury. Moses appeared to show signs of discomfort when trying to come off the defensive line in the 35th minute. He spent uh, that same look of anguish on his face every time he tried to make a tackle in Tigers colours. Um, before eventually I've seen limpi- that face so many times. Eventually limping off. Go for Gav the intercept, Mitch. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> Nearly. We're not bitter. We're, so, we're not bitter anymore. So close. It's fine. Any chance of a tackle? Jack, Is there a chance of a tackle? Um, <laughs> before being limping off the bank, sorry, wank best stadium field, Parramatta recover well to play the rest of the game without their in-form half, but we'll be sweating on scans to reveal the seriousness of the injury. Yeah, and let's uh, get some seriousness about this. Uh, he's a big loss for the Eels, mm. who face the Cows and the Knights in the next two weeks. They're no gimmies. If they keep winning in the next few weeks without Mitch Moses, I think we can say it now. It will be all smooth sailing come October. Stop hitting the wrong one. (laughs) Sunday in the Seagulls. Well, they got handed their ass by the Sharks 40 points to 22 with a plethora of stars on the sideline like Tom Trebojevic, Dylan Walker and Moses Sully. Uh, the Seagulls looked flat as tax as a resurgent Sharkies put them to the sword at single mother stadium, winning a seven try romp. Uh, up 18-6 at halftime, Cronulla went right on with the job to secure their third win of the year and hand the Seagulls their third loss. At one point with 15 minutes to go, the Sharks were up 40 points to 12 before two consolation tries added some respectability to the scoreline for Manly. Yeah, too many injuries for the Manly side going into this one. We spoke about last week how Manly were going to be under the pump in this game mm. after their good win last week against the Raiders. But it still didn't stop me from changing my tips just before <laughs> kickoff away from the Sharks. Proved costly as I went from 101st in our tipping comp all the way down to 105th. Ooh. But I'm still confident I'll catch up. But the Sharks, they scored first through a barnstorming run from repla- replacement front rower and walking legal firm, Brandon Hamlin Ueli <laughs> and Associates. And the sh- <laughs> Ensuring kickoff from Manly sailed over the in goal by a dead set mile. It went into the crowd and it was the story of the day for Manly. The Sharkies were always in control, running out big winners in the end. 
Well, there wasn't a lot to celebrate for the Seagulls, according to Full Crit, the boys' backyard stats lab, Diamond Tooth Tommy, and his lolly-loving brother, Rotting Tooth Timmy. A try-scoring uh, double to the other... Uh, he likes lolly cake. To the other... Uh, uh, legal firm over there at Manly, Aiden Fanua and Blake Associates, <laughs> capped off a big game for the hard-working front row, and he finished with uh, 21 tackles, 188 running metres, uh, two line breaks, and eight tackle busts, and of course, to go with that, try-scoring double. And 123 supercoach points. Look, the Manly... <laughs> have you looked at the stats from this game? Not the supercoach stats. Against both, like, both team stats. The Manly stats out of this one were pretty impressive. For a team that was dead set smashed on the scoreboard, line breaks, running meters, completion rates were all equal or even slightly in the favor of Manly. But one thing Manly do really well, I know they were short on troops this week, but it's something that I think when they get all their players back on the field, they offload. Their offload numbers in this game, 13 to nil. Wow. And Curtis Sirenen is dead set the master of it. He's in good form. He had five offloads in this game. The Sharkies had nil. He, <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, Curtis Sirenen, he is, of course, the son of Paul Sirenen and the brother of Bailey Sirenen. He actually played for the Tigers until Jason Taylor <laughs> let him go. I'm just reminding everyone in case you've forgotten. I'm not bitter about it at all. It's always a rare treat for Sharks fans to see Sean Johnson, Matt Moylan and Chad Townsend on the field at the same day at the same time. And they all start in this one. Each one of the playmakers set up tries in the first half uh, when they went in to lead 18 points to six. And between them, they had a hand in all seven of the Sharks' four-pointers. While Townsend set up three tries, Johnson extended his lead for most tries since the NRL this season uh, to 10 with two on the night. Yeah, Sharkies fans will be stoked with uh, that performance. It was a very dominant performance from the Sharks. Smashing the Eagles and they should be confident going into the game against the giant killers, the Titans, Mm. this week. Uh, Speaking of smashing, the West Tigers smashed the Bulldogs 34 points to six. In a game that was never in doubt, the Tigers were the most impressive of any of the teams over the weekend with a 28-point smashing of a brave but impotent Bulldog side. Canterbury's Remus Smith scored the first try of the game in the 17th minute. And that was the last time the Dogs bothered the scorers. Yep. Uh, the Tigers almost scored at will, finishing with seven champagne tries that will be used by the NRL to sell the sport in new markets all around the world. Yeah, it makes it easy to market this game when you see a game like this. An enormous performance from the Mighty Tigers. Eisenhuth, he was great. He played 60 minutes. LOA was great, 51 minutes. And McIntyre, he looks a real prospect, a tough footy player. So is McKaylee. He's a tough player. He went off injured. He's got to harden up a bit. But all the forwards stepped up this week. And with a bunch of injuries coming into this game, it finally looks like there's a bit of depth at the Tigers. They're a young side, but they are improving every week. And how good was this guy? You're a wizard, Harry. Harry Grant. We've got to keep him. For Bulldogs fans, the side of Tigers, Tommy Talao, scoring the first two tries of his NRL career as part of a dominant team performance would have been doubly hurtful when they remember that Talao is the son of former Bulldogs' favourite son, Willie Talao. Oh, I thought he was related to Israel Talao. <laughs> no. Uh, um, got that wrong. Uh, he's more related to Tommy Trevojevic. Uh, Tommy Talao, uh, the young winger, looks to be a real fine for the Tigers and must be a real kick in the guts for Dogs fans who see some of their players celebrating their 40th birthdays this year. 
mm-hmm. to make matters worse, their star fullback Will Hopawati was lost to an ankle injury just uh, after just five minutes of the match. The severity of the injury that forced him into the moon boot will be established. Uh, probably today, I think. I think he's here for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think so. Four the poor, weeks. The poor old doggies, they got smashed in this one. But let's be honest, it's no real shame getting beaten by a Absolutely premiership not. heavyweight like yep. the Tigers when you're an uh, underdone team like the dogs. They're brave. Yeah. But uh, Kerrit Holland, he had an up and down game. He turned up for the game, <laughs> but he let his teammates down over and over again. Too many errors from him and what, from the doggies. What, what mate? Yeah, what, Go what on, they, no, say it. What are they saying, that bloke? That's what everyone on Twitter was saying. How's this bloke anywhere near first grade? And I don't want to bag a bloke. I mean, he's, played, he's, he's got played beautiful more eyes. He's a Matt Damon lookalike. Maybe stunning, that gets over the line. Stunning, <laughs> stunning looks. Remember when he first came to grade and he absolutely dominated? There was one game. Yeah, he kicked the goal. And then he kicked the goal from the touchline. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you'll beauty. And we're like, his confidence is probably going to let him down. He's pretty confident. <laughs> it's just the ability that's letting him down now. <laughs> but... uh too many errors. And when you're playing a team with strike power all over the park like the Tigers, you get punished. That's right. The game of David Nofaluma was enormous, according to Full Credit the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, ass-kicking Craig and his well-endowed brother, ass-splitting Simon. Nofaluma finished with two spectacular tries. Spectacular. To, to go with 183 running metres, a try assist, uh, one line break, and seven tackle busts. 54 post-contact metres for a winger. Amazing. Another great game from Noffa. Scored two tries, as did Tigers' other winger, Tommy Israel Talau. Mm. And after the game, both were happy campers and they were talking to the media. And this is what they had to say. Well, David and Tommy, four tries between you tonight, boys. Uh, must be the boys on the inside of you giving you easy traffic to the line, eh? Oh, uh, what do you reckon? Yeah. Um, We've had a bit of work to do. Yeah. Nah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give the credit to the Dewey's. Fucking couple of good balls out there. Credit to the boys? Credit, credit to the lads. Yeah, it was close. Full credit to the boys, Tommy Talau, but you'll get it. Talk to you soon. Well, there's a lot of news going around. Uh, we started with a tug of war over David Fafita has taken another twist ahead of Brisbane's must-win NRL clash uh, with the Gold Coast Titans. Well, After they the, didn't win. No, well, they didn't. And the Titans confirmed prop Shannon Boyd was considering retirement. Gold Coast coach Justin Holbrook said the ex-test forward looked set to decide his future after battling lingering injuries, a move that may impact on the Titans' plans to pay to lure Brisbane star for feeder on a $5 million deal. Boyd is barely halfway through a $2.4 million four-year deal, but is reportedly looking to leave effective immediately. <laughs> Any payout? I thought, if he's so badly injured, how come he was trying to get back to Canberra? Yeah, look, this, this screams... And the other thing is... This is dodgy, man. Why is this... <laughs> Don't try and work it out. It's paper talk. It's Why bullshit. does this affect whether they sign for feeder or not? Yeah, exactly. The money's there or it's not. It's just all bullshit talk. Uh, any payout would be included in the Gold Coast salary cap for the next two seasons. He's been battling injury for a long time. He's a big boy. Hang on. How, are they, how is the... If he, goes, if he retires hurt... Isn't that what Sam Burgess did and, and that comes out of their salary cap? Well, this is the thing, right? Medically retired. This whole article says um, Boyd may just retire and that will have an impact whether Fafita can sign there. But if he retires, then he still has to get paid for the next two years. So it's all bullshit. But they're saying it's all rubbish. 
I don't, I don't This is a crazy story. Who knows what's going on up there? But you, you don't want to hear the coach say about you, he's battling injury. Yeah. He's a big boy. The game's a lot faster now. <laughs> he's basically talking you out the door. Get out of here. We're wasting money on you. And then when they talk about Fafita, he says, there's obviously a lot of talk about him. A player of his caliber, off contract, you're going to have every team interested and we are no different. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And then they also said, uh, we're going to offer you $5 million for five years, but we'll go higher. <laughs> now, You're not good at auctions. Now, I'm no Isaac Moses, <laughs> but I'm thinking of ringing Dave for feeder and saying, listen, I'll negotiate this deal for you at the Titans. This I'm is just <laughs> We can get a few more dollars. <laughs> five million, but we'll go higher. Go higher. <laughs> Then talk to us. We'll Who go. cares about this smoke and mirrors about who you're going to release, Shannon Boyd or not? You've already said you're willing to go higher. Five years. This five, is dumb, dumb stuff. I don't know who's in charge up there. Five years, five million, and they expect for Fita to go 900. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Raiders second rower, John Bateman, has uh, really warmed himself to the rugby league property. Jeez, aren't the knives out for him now? Uh, he's informed Canberra that he will leave the club at the end of the season with a host of clubs lining up to sign him. The 26-year-old demanded four releases earlier this year after signing with new agent Isaac Moses. There's that name Didn't again. Didn't he deny that he asked for it yeah, initially as well? had a crack at uh, Fulcro the Boys' very own uh, James Hooper yep. uh, prior to last year's grand final loss. The club made the difficult decision to allow John to pursue other long-term diff- uh, options and as a result, 2020 will be his final season with the Raiders, CEO Don Furner said. We're looking forward to John returning from his shoulder injury soon and finishing his time by helping us make the semi-finals again. Put him in reserve grade. John was fan- there's no reserve grade. John was fantastic. Exactly. In 2019, featuring in our first grand final appearance since '94 and winning the Dally M uh, for second rower of the year. Struggling, Canterbury and St George Illawarra have both been in contention to land his signature. While his former club in the Super League, Wigan have said they are monitoring his future closely. Canberra coach, this is where it gets good, Ricky Stewart has urged the NRL to crack down on player managers, publicly lashing Isaac Moses, that name again, after he was able to force John Bateman out of the Raiders. On Tuesday, Stewart, whose side faced the Dragons on Friday, said he was proud of the stand his club Canberra had taken. It was going, always going to happen, said Stewart. I'm proud of the club. They've put a timeline on him. I'm proud that the club has taken a strong stance. The last thing we're going to be is a club such as the Warriors or the Broncos, where they've been ruined by manipulation and agitation of a roster. See, this is what irks me. I I totally agree with everything Ricky says there, and I've been harping on about managers. Mm. I'm not going to name names, but I've been harping on about the influence that managers have all season. This is exactly what happened with West Tigers when we had the big four and the circus that happened there. Who they managed by again? Yeah, someone. <laughs> Isaac Moses. So this is what happened at the West Tigers. And we were absolutely smashed in the media saying how poorly run our club was. And then when we finally put a line in the sand with Mitch Moses, and he's like, well, you told me I had a deal. We've taken that deal off the table. He's like, I want that deal now. I want that deal. He's like, no, you're not having that deal. You can go. And next year. And then he sulked. That was tough talking Ivan Ivan Cleary, by the way. It doesn't matter who it was, (laughs) whether I have a beef with them or not. In this case, this is exactly what Ricky's saying. He's proud of their club. And it's it's painting the Canberra club that they're in the right and Isaac Moses is in the wrong. Back when it was happening at the Tigers, they absolutely raped our club and we look like the bad guy. 
Interesting choice of words. Dragon star Jack DeBellin won't be seen on a footy field for a few weeks at least as he returns. Stand to, by. As he re- we will not be making comment on this story at all. We're just going to read the story as it is and move on. Um, <laughs> this is awkward. Um, for a few weeks at least as he returns to court early next month as a pretrial legal arguments <laughs> failed to reach a resolution. DeBellin and his co-accused, Callan Sinclair, have pleaded not guilty to the aggravated rape uh, sexual assault of a 19-year-old woman inside a Wollongong apartment in uh, December 2018. His case returned to court this week for pre-trial matters, which cannot be published for legal reasons. DeBellin's trial was originally set down for February 3, but has been hit by several delays, legal arguments, and then coronavirus, someone got ill. However, the matter did not conclude on Friday and was adjourned until July 9. ARLC (laughs) Chairman Peter Volandis is pushing the federal government to allow a number of the New Zealand Warriors uh, family members into Australia. According to Nine News reporter Chris O'Keefe, frustrations are growing within the Warriors camp as a number of the players express their displeasure of not being allowed to have their loved ones by their side. New Zealand side are currently set up on the Central Coast. As we know, prior to arriving in Australia last month, only a few players from the squad were allowed to bring their families. Volandis is now pushing the government to provide a travel exemption for more family members of the Warriors. Uh, Chris O'Keefe, that's... uh um, Vonnie's husband yeah, Mr Sampson reports that <laughs> this request has been met with some reluctance from Canberra and Border Force because they're not Australian citizens nor are they permanent citizens and that would be breaking the rules some of the Warriors do have families in camp with them but some of them don't and that's causing a few players to get quite fed up yeah look it's a tough situation the Warriors have been without their families during this whole shit fight they have done the right thing by the NRL relocating to Australia to keep the comp going. I don't begrudge any player that wants to return home. It's not part of their contract that they will be separated from their family for the whole season. Mm. If uh, Jack DeBellin can be paid for two years, whoa, 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 whoa. any player that wants to go home should also be paid for the Warriors. But uh, to change the border laws for footy players' families, it opens up a whole can of worms, something that Peter Fitzsimon will absolutely go apoplectic (laughs) over. It's a tough situation. I don't envy the Warrior players and staff at the moment. They're doing a good job continuing to field a team each week. There's a few players around that apparently may well be offered up to the Warriors if um, things do go south and a few players leave. One of those is Wendell Saylor's son, Tristan. Uh-huh. Um, he apparently will be offered up. Well, this is a problem that's happening. Like we said before, there's no reserve grade and players like that, he's not getting picked by the Masons there at St. George. <laughs> Easy this, for you to say. This panel of people that pick the team there. Uh, so any any loan agra- a- arrangement this year should be a free-for-all. It should be encouraged just to keep the Warriors and other teams afloat. Harry Grant. Um, New Zealand rugby have confirmed talks are underway to stage a cross-code match between the All Blacks and the Kangaroos. Uh, New Zealand rugby chief uh, executive Mark Robinson verified reports a historic hybrid game could take place later in the year as a money-making venture. (laughs) That's right. Bringing the pinnacle international teams from Rugby Union and Rugby League together. Robinson said the coronavirus pandemic had forced all sports to be innovative to address a financial hammering. Uh, Such a match would probably be played in December when the top Australian players had completed, sorry, completed their scheduled state of origin commitments uh, the previous month and the All Blacks had potentially played test matches, most probably against the Wallabies. (laughs) 
Uh, nice little warm-up. Kangaroos coach Mal Meninga told the Courier-Mail the concept had entered serious negotiations. No, it's a no from me. This Seriously, is, This stupid. does not serve any purpose. This is dumb, dumb stuff. Yep. What's the most the game could make? What, maybe $10 million out of it? And a promoter will take the bulk out of it. This, this is not... Uh, How are you going to go... This just irritates go, me, this whole argument. Roosters fans, if Angus Crichton plays, because you'd name him, he's got a good rugby union background. How are you going to go if he gets injured and is out for 12 months playing this game? How are you going to go if a warrior uh, – sorry, a warrior. Sorry, my mistake. How are you going to go if an All Black head highs a, um, one of the Australian players and breaks his jaw? Exactly. And they're not going to get – do they get suspended? Why? They weren't playing any game that were actually recognised. Mate, but – but what's the purpose of this game? What does it prove? If pr- if mate, they if they it, play it says the it first, all there. they think it's going to make money for both the, both the coats. We don't need to make money, rugby league. No. Well, not only that. Why why would we help the All Blacks? I know. What about the Wallabies? They're like a th- <coughs> extra dick at a wedding. Well, yeah, they're going to play. Um, I think they're going to play um, the American baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be something I'd like to see. This is just a stu- like the there's so many questions to this. Why this infatuation keeps popping up that there should be some hybrid game is ridiculous beyond belief. the The reality is, I don't. I'm not even sure I'd watch it. No, nah. I'm not interested. And by step, God knows, by December this year, I will not be interested. No, nah, I'm not interested at all. I think what we should do, like Phil Gould came out a couple of weeks ago saying, the uh, NRL should go and buy Super League to as a pathway and as, as a expansion. What I'd like to see is us to buy Rugby Union and then just put it to bed. Just park it. Yeah, just park it. <laughs> Mate, where does, where does that come from? We should go and buy Super League. Yeah. We were busted six weeks ago. We're going to well, sell according everything. According to him, we've we got to tighten our belt. Now we're buying Super League. We Mate. should buy rugby and then burn it. Johnson the step the Championship of the world. This is a famous victory. Sports news. AFL and the Swans went down to the Bulldogs by 30 points while the GWS Capsule Giants held on in a nail-biter to beat Premiership favourites, the Collingwood Magpies, by two points. Yeah, it was an exciting game between the Capsule Giants and the Maguire Magpies, but the Swans, they're rubbish. I tried to watch the start of that game and I found myself on my roof cleaning out my gutters. <laughs> I prefer to do that than watch five goals, nine misses to 10 goals, seven misses. That's crap. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because AFL, hashtag talk other games down. The Melbourne Demons and the Geelong Cats have combined for the lowest scoring first half of the 2020 season during their round four clash at the MCG on Sunday afternoon. Only four goals were achieved in the opening two quarters. Uh, Players retreating to the sheds with a two goals, three misses, 15 to two goals, two misses, 14 scoreline. Wow. Blame it on the shortened quarters. Blame it on the conditions. Blame it on the shortened preseason. Blame it on whatever you like. But AFL fans agree it was a dull spectacle. The match didn't come alive until the final few minutes when the Demons were able to close the gap to just four points with two minutes left on the clock before the Cats won. Get this, seven goals, five misses, 47 points. 
to six goals, eight misses, 44 points. Riveting. Later on Sunday afternoon, Hawthorne coach Alastair Clarkson kicked off his press conference speaking about Hawthorne versus Kangaroos game by saying, I hope I'm not the only one that thought that that was a dreadful game. (laughs) Tonight's game, if that's a spectacle, then we're trying to that we're trying to search for in our game, then our game is in a dreadful, dreadful space. The scores, the AFL can't be happy with that, can they? There were two goals each at the MCG today also. Beautiful day, beautiful winter's day. No rain. Geelong and Melbourne, who I rate as a side, both sides could play finals this year, and there's two goals each at halftime. Fair dinkum. Exactly. Clarkson said he was uh, – said that he – there was nothing he liked about the game that his team played in and called it a terrible spectacle that was disappointing. Uh, and he was disappointed by the way uh, it was being the game was being played overall at the moment. Clarkson continued saying he was concerned about the trajectory of the game with the only upside from the close games is that not knowing who will win. Yeah, well, also not caring who's going to win. Their game is in all sorts of trouble. I man. agree. Even with the the extra I'll, obstacle now with I'll push uh, ahead, Pete, Palaszczuk. With the, push ahead, Pete. Knocked our second referee on. Then all of a sudden, it's opened the game up. It's a far better spectacle to watch at the moment. Remember when I was bitching about these new rules? Why are we introducing new rules at this point? Our new rules are being great. Mm. Their new rules, they can't even kick a goal. No. No, there's a, bloke out, there's a bloke 10 metres in front two weeks ago. Yeah, see that? And, <laughs> and kicked it at an angle I would have thought you could kick a football. You, you could accidentally kick that goal, and he somehow missed. And now you've got uh, Queensland saying that they're not allowing Victorian teams into into Queensland. Yep, you've got. This is why I love Queenslanders, and I've always hated Victorians. I, I'm all jokes aside, they are in. I wasn't. They joking. are in some trouble. Yeah, the AFL. They've got teams not allowed to travel into Victoria. Teams not allowed to travel out of Victoria. Yep. They've had to adjust this week's round. This week's round, where three games now have been changed so that other teams are playing other teams, yep. just to continue on with the draw. And they are genuinely in a hole, and they're making it up on the run. As I said to you earlier today, they're just sticking Band-Aids on on cuts and wounds. Yep. But every time they put a Band-Aid in, they see two more cuts. And they are going to be in some trouble, the AFL. Make no mistake. And this whole thing earlier this year about, oh, the NRL rushing back and push ahead, Pete. Yep. And oh, it's because they've got no money and we've got so much money. Coming from the uh, AFL media this week, there was a huge story about – they will lose hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars this year in this season, even with a new TV deal. And that's if, and there is a, a fair cloud at the moment about whether their season will actually get through. Yeah, well, this whole border thing, at the very least, you've got to think they're going to run out of options and have to pause their season again. Yes. Because uh, unlike, unless they do what the WA league wanted them to do in the first place and relocate over there but they were too stubborn the well, Victorian teams didn't want to travel they're saying, and now, now they're going to have to they're now saying they're going to send a bunch of teams to base themselves in a hub once again one of these hubs up we're in past the, the hub now in NRL up in the Northern Territory remember when they were laughing about us having an island yeah they'd kill for an island right now make yep. no mistake um, the island idea would have been sick yeah <laughs> yeah um, the push out Pete yeah, he's done that, well. That was all a big joke, and oh yeah, mate. And now they they've got their TV deal that they can't secure with a pay TV at the moment. Mm. They are in a world of hurt. You see, even Netball has come out saying they're they're going to try and change some rules. Well, they have. Push ahead, Pete has started a landslide. Well, that's right, Marina Go, isn't she popular? At the yeah, wow. she's a good administrator. Basketball. Hashtag talk other games down. The NBA and the NBPA. 
That's the uh, what's the, the MBPA? I think that's the union, the players' union, announced oh, okay. on Friday that 16 players have tested positive for COVID-19 out of 302 players that were tested on June 23. The NBA. Uh, had plans to restart the season on July 31 in Orlando, Florida, an epicenter, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that'll be going well. The news comes on the same day that Florida announced 8,942 new COVID-19 cases, a single-day record. There you go. They're achieving something over there. Um, push ahead, Pete's going to be busy. He's got to <laughs> travel around to all these sports and fix them now. Tennis, mate. Talk about another game that's in a mess. Hashtag talk other games down. Tennis great Goran Ivanisevic says he has tested positive for coronavirus. The former Wimbledon champion coaches top-ranked Novak Djokovic Mm -hmm. and was at the recent Adria Tour exhibition series in Serbia and Croatia. Djokovic and three other players have also tested positive for the virus after playing in the events. Grigor Dimitriov, Borna Korik and Viktor Trojicki Trojicki, Trojicki are the others. Germany's Alexander Zverev, uh, who played at Novak Djokovic's ill-fated Adria tournament in Belgrade and Croatia earlier this month, has been spotted partying in the French Riviera this week. (laughs) It comes seven days after Zverev revealed that unlike Djokovic and fellow players, he had tested negative the coronavirus but was apologised on Instagram, as you do, um, after players after footage of the players dancing in proximity to each other in a nightclub was beamed all around the world. I deeply apologise to anyone I've potentially put at risk by playing in this tournament, uh, the 23-year-old said in a statement. I'll proceed to follow the self-isolating guidelines advised by our doctors. As an added precaution, my team and I will continue with regular testing just before he hit the French Riviera and started partying again. Yeah, exactly. It hasn't slowed him down any. Dead set, more viruses have come out of that tennis tournament than a month's worth of Nigerian emails. <laughs> Soccer. Australia and New Zealand have secured the hosting rights to the 2023 Women's World Cup Soccer Tournament uh, ahead of Colombia. The Trans-Tasman bid prevailed 22-13 in FIFA Council, voting to bring the World Cup to the region for the first time. However, the English FA's decision to vote against the Australian Kiwi bid has been labelled disrespectful by FFA Chairman James Johnson. Uh, despite scoring 4.1 out of 5 in the FIFA evaluation report compared to Colombia's 2.9, the Australian and New Zealand bid was overlooked by English FA chairman Greg Clark. Now, speaking on Triple M's hot breakfast, well, hang Eddie... On, hang on. These, these FIFA votes, they're open and transparent. <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know it what, is what it is. Speaking on Triple M's hot breakfast, Eddie Maguire slammed the palms. It's good to see that England has voted in solidity with Europe. That's the mob they've just been Brexited from, remember? So just remember next time, England, we have a world war and you call us up. We'll remember this, okay? <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is fantastic from Eddie Maguire. <laughs> look over there at soccer. Don't look over here at <laughs> AFL. If, if there's a war, we're not going to support you, England. Don't worry about the racist shit going on in my club. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to send you over some respirators. You're not getting them either. <laughs> All of a sudden, Eddie is really pissed off about female soccer. <laughs> Why? Go to medinc.com.au. Go to medinc.com.au. Are you having a function or an event? Are you part of a sporting or community group? Do you have a birthday, anniversary, Bucks or Hens Night coming up? Mayor Inc. can supply any custom product you can imagine. Custom-made T-shirts, aprons, stubby holders, cushions, shopping bags, hoodies, tote bags, vinyl stickers and decals. 
or put your business logo on a range of workwear. Go to mayorinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mayor Inc. has you covered. Right, our city, our next guest is one of this country's premier boxing writers. He's recently worked for Fox Sports and these days, osboxing.com. And his opinion is so valued that he is a position voting for entries into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram, Dan underscore Attias. Welcome to Full Crew of the Boys, Mr. Dan Attias. How are you, brother? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me, boys. Mate, good as gold. Uh, mate, there's a fair bit you want to cover off on, but let's just start with one of the most well, the most exciting rumours getting around uh, that we, in, in any sport really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, I'm excited by this. Is that uh, it could be Tyson Fury v Deontay Wilder 3 might be in Sydney on Boxing Day. How likely is it to happen, Dan, and how quickly can you get us ringside? <laughs> Uh, I think it's very unlikely, and I can't get your ringside. <laughs> cut, that, cut that off real quick, didn't I? Well, thanks for your time tonight. <laughs> Good chat to you, mate. I'll talk to you later. Penrith suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think um, I'd, I'd love to see it happen here. It'd be, it'd be great. But, um, you know, obviously with everything that's going on in the world, Australia's obviously a place that's popped up because we don't have a lot of COVID happening, although fucking Victoria's kind of, you know, <laughs> gone a bit downhill lately. But, um yeah, I think it's probably the reason why it was it was touted as a as a possibility. But um, compared to some of the money they'd make elsewhere, I don't I don't think it's really a a real deal spot for the, the such a big fight. Now, Deontay he lost the second fight and incredibly yep. blamed the weight of his costume for the loss. <laughs> what will yep. be his excuse when he loses the third one? Oh, I don't know. I, I just don't think he's um he's as good as Fury. It's it's pretty simple. The first fight I thought he lost too, even though it was a draw. Yeah, but, um, that was one of the best I mean, fights I've ever seen, Dan. That was amazing. Oh, look, that was a crack. Heavyweights are, are very exciting at the moment, but um, Wilder's honestly, you know, you you look at his boxing skills and they're they're very primitive. He's just got that massive right hand and he just puts guys to sleep. Mm. Um, you know, whereas obviously Fury, Fury's got all the skills and all you know knows all the tricks. Um, and and yeah, you saw it in that that second fight. Mate, the um, heavyweight division was in a fair lull in the old Klitschko years. How, yep. in, how important has Fury, Wilder, and even Anthony Joshua, for that matter, been for the division and for the sport in general, do you reckon? Oh, it's been massive. Um, I think the problem with the, the Klitschko years was there was no one really, no one else around to, you know, to, to give them any, any tough fights. Um, mm. Not to say that they didn't have any tough fights, but there was no other big names. So nowadays you've got three guys and they're all, you know, they all like to talk. Um, you know, and I guess having uh, an American and two Englishmen um, rather than, you know, a Ukrainian yep. um, certainly, you know, brings brings more eyes back to the sport. So, and, and having three guys where you don't know who's going to beat who, it's, yeah, it brings a lot more excitement to it. Dan, there was a story around that um, possibly uh, Fury was going to come down and fight an Australian guy. I think he's a welterweight guy. Would that be a possibility, do you reckon? We just want him on the podcast, mate. We'll do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, sounds good. I'm, I'm in. I'll tell you what, Sorry, mate. <laughs> have you ever crossed paths with him? Have you ever met him? No, no. Tyson Fury, no. Mm. Uh, I think he'd be an interesting, he's, um, interesting cat. Yeah, he's, 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 he's quite a, a character, I'll tell you that much, though. Yeah. Do you think at the moment between those three, do you think, like, he'll he'll probably beat, um, Deontay, unless like Deontay actually puts one together and knocks him over, but yep. if if he doesn't, do you think 
uh, there'll be much of a fight between Fury and Joshua because from the outside looking in, it looks like Fury would absolutely own Joshua. Yeah, look, I, I think he would. Um, Anthony Joshua, uh, amazing athlete, mm. uh, but I think he's a little bit chinny. There's a few question marks around his chin. Mm. There's a few question marks around his stamina. Um, and, and, yeah, obviously fighting and Fury's got the size advantage against um, AJ. Mm. And yeah, I think I think um, Tyson Fury is the number one heavyweight, and I think he would um, whether he fights Wilder or Joshua next. I, I'd pick him to win. Now, lately, Mike Tyson has uh, teased the world with videos of him working the pads and yep. showing off a pretty impressive rig for a fellow his age. <laughs> do you reckon he'll do the unthinkable and return to the ring? And if so, who would his opponent be? Uh, I think he might come back and do an exhibition fight, but I don't think he's going to come back and do a real deal fight. He's got uh, his... It's been 15 years since he fought, and, and um, you know, he quit against Kevin McBride, Kevin McBride last time he fought, so I think he'd be silly to get back in the ring and, and do a real deal fight unless it was against, um, you know, some guy with a, a, a losing record. Or uh, Holyfield? I don't know who he'd... Yeah, Holyfield. Holyfield's probably the name if, if it's an exhibition. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the one that everyone... Would want to see. He's got his finances back in order. Yeah. He's growing pot. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he, um, he doesn't need it. Tyson, at the best, at the very best of each of them, Tyson Fury versus Mike Tyson. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, Mike Tyson's such a small heavyweight too. Like he was only 5'10". Mm. Compact little thing. Yeah, you know, and Fury's like, what, 6'9 or something. So mm. um, very tough fight. Um, I don't know. I kind of grew up on Tyson, uh, Mike Tyson, so I, I'd like to pick him. But um, I don't know. The head kind of says maybe Tyson Fury is a bit too big and uh, a bit too rangy for him. Interesting, mate. Floyd Mayweather Jr. is currently fifty-one and zero, which apparently is also where his bank account's at these days. Will, <laughs> will we see him in the ring again? You reckon? No, I don't think so. You don't reckon? Um, no, I don't think so. I think he's done. He fought a, an, ex, an exhibition in Japan. Yeah, seen that against. Uh, uh, like an MMA fighter or a kickboxer. I can't remember exactly which one it was. But um, then he made a shitload of money from that. So I, you, you might see him do something like that again. But as, as far as jumping in for a, a proper fight against a hungry young guy, I don't think he will. I don't think he'd risk, risk the perfect record. Was Conor McGregor ever a chance to, no. beat, to beat him? I don't think so, no. no. I, I went on, um, you know, I, I G'd up a heap of my mates when it, when it first got um, announced and said, uh, anyone who wants to make a hundred dollar bet, um, I'm willing to bet on Floyd Mayweather, and uh, made a couple of dollars out of that. <laughs> <laughs> was the rumor true that uh, the night before the fight, he spent the night in a strip joint? Oh, I don't know whether it was true, but it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't. I think Floyd carried Connor in that fight. Yep. Um, you know, I think he could have ended a lot earlier. Yep. Um, but obviously, there was a lot of money to be made, and and he, he, I guess he, he was thinking about his reputation if he. Ended it too soon, it'd be you know, too much of a farce. 50 Cent reckons he's broke, brother. He might come back. <laughs> Again? <laughs> yeah. Reckons he's got no coin. Mate, uh, about eight years ago, I was in a Rockdale gym and I couldn't stop watching this young kid on a heavyweight bag that was dead set a clone of Kostya Zoo. Fast forward that to uh, now and Tim Zoo's quite a successful boxer himself. Now he fights former champ Jeff Horn sometime this year with news overnight that Horn's trainer, Dundee Kim, is jumping ship to the zoo camp. Is Tim the real deal, and can he be as good as his dad? Uh, I think he's the real deal. Um, I'm not I'm not 100% convinced, but I think he is. 
Um, I think he's improved so much in probably his last, say, four fights. Yep. Um, probably before that, I had a lot more questions. Now I really think he's putting together a complete package, but um, I don't think he'll ever reach a height that his old man did. What happened to his brother, mate? Because he was there was a bit of they liked him as well. Does he still well, fight? I don't think he's still fighting, but uh, his brother Nikita was actually the 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 better amateur from from you know, all reports, and yeah. um, he stopped for his age. Yeah, was, was a hell of a fighter, so. Mate, what do you make of uh, all these blokes coming from other sports like footy and grabbing headlines by jumping into the squared circle? And further to that, do you think we'll ever see the fight that we've all been waiting for, Warren v. Steve War? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I've got mixed feelings about the you know the, the NRL guys and that jumping in the ring. Um, you know, nothing but respect for them for jumping in and, and, and having a go. And um, sometimes I think you know the the amount of mainstream media that it gets. Versus a lot of young guys that are, you know, young undefeated guys that, that are on the cusp of being world class. Mm. Probably a little bit unfair. Mm. Um, but then again, you know, they're big names and people want to read about it. So I suppose it is what it is. Just back on to Timmy, who do you think will win between uh, Tim and Horn? I think Tim will. Yeah. Um, I think if the fight happened two years ago, it would be a different story. Mm. Um, yeah, Horn's a funny one. He... Um, He's awkward. You know, obviously beat Manny Pacquiao. He's very awkward and he's and, and um, unorthodox. Mm. And um, but I think uh, Horn's biggest attribute was when he fought at welterweight was that he was a bigger guy. Yeah, and, right. Um, I don't think he's he's really a bigger guy than, than Tim. So yeah, I think Tim will win it. But it'll be a close fight, mate. Um, before we play a silly little game that we play. What do you think's done the most harm to the sport of boxing over the last few years? Is it the coronavirus lockdown or the film clip of The Shape of You by Ed Sheeran? <laughs> uh, I'll go the Ed Sheeran film clip, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, on this show, we um, we have a game. You'll play against me. Sid's going to ask us a question. I'm the quiz master. He's the quiz master. It's basically a numbers answer. It's nearest mm-hmm. without going over. It's like uh, new prices, right? So... Um, I'll give my answer to Sid. You can give your answer, and we'll see who wins the best of five. All right. All right. First question. It's a maths question, so grab a bit of paper, <laughs> former. The number of Rocky movies plus the number of Police Academy movies minus the number of Rambo movies. What's the answer? Uh, How many Rocky movies? Plus we'll police go academy. eight. Ooh. Eight. I went 12. You went 12. Okay, there were eight Rocky movies. Yep. There were eight Police Academy movies. 16. And there were five Rambo ah. movies. Ah. So 11. <laughs> so former, me. you went over. Dan, you got that one. One point. What is the crowd capacity at Panthers Stadium? I know you're a Panthers fan. Um, I'll say 21,500. Some around that, yeah, 21,500. Form has gone 23,500. It's 22,500. Two points, Dan. Question three. In cricket, how many players have played test matches for Australia? Uh, 350. Former has put down 420. Good guess. The answer is 431. Yeah. It was way off. 2-1. Still stuck in the 90s, mate. Does Scott Muller count? <laughs> yeah, there's a few that shouldn't count, let's be honest. 
All right. The great John Wayne Parr had 14 professional boxing fights. According to Wikipedia, how many pro kickboxing fights has he had? Pro pro fights? Pro kickboxing fights. Jeez, I've seen your answer. Gee, a close former. Uh, how many pro kickboxing fights? I'll say 150. <sighs> Former's gone 133. It's 132. Is it? I've gone over. What a legend he was, uh, is. Still is. 132 pro kickboxing fights, 99 wins, 33 losses. What a champion. If he was born 10 years later. Dan, I'm probably sure you'll agree. An absolute gentleman. Oh, definitely, yeah. I spoke to him before he fought Mundine. And, um, yeah, very, very nice bloke. Yeah, he's a good fella. Champion. We love to have him on the show. Okay, here's one out of left field. How old is Joe Rogan? So I can square this, can't I? Yeah, you need to get this right. Uh, 45. 45. Former has put 50. The answer is 51. Bang. Ah. Two all. You got a a tie break question? No, I do not. (laughs) (laughs) What a shit quiz master. Two all. What (laughs) an anti-climax. Um, Speaking of any climaxes, Dan, before we let you go, mate, how far can the Penrith Panthers go in 2020? They've got no attack. What are they going to do? How are they going to give this competition a shake? Oh, look, I've been pretty pretty happy with the last couple of weeks. So I'm really hoping they can go all the way, but um, I wouldn't say they're on par with, with um, you know, like the Roosters at the moment. So well, the give it a couple of weeks. You forgot give the Tigers, Tigers, mate. Battle of the Cats this week. <laughs> Yeah, Ball Battle test. of the Cats. Go, go to the Penny Panthers. <laughs> How much start are you giving us? <laughs> I'll take 14 and a half. <laughs> 12, that's generous. <laughs> Dan, thanks once again for joining us here at Full Crew of the Boys. Don't forget, read this bloke's work at os-boxing.com or find him on Twitter. He's one of the great, great friendly accounts on Twitter, at uh, Dan underscore Adius. Thanks for joining us once again, Mr. Dan Adius. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me on. Sparky then make the call to NDF Electrical. Do you need electrical work done? NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs from the Gold Coast, Tweedheads, Byron Bay and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au. NDF Electrical. All right, so it's time for this. We all want you to go grab a mirror. Yes, it's time for Grammar Mirror, the number one podcasting segment in all of iTunes. Don't forget, you can reply to my tweets. They're on a Tuesday. It's brought to you by NDF Electrical. It's on a Wednesday today. <laughs> on a Wednesday. If it's not on a Tuesday, it's on a Wednesday. Um, you can reply to my first tweet. It's around 7.30. Use the hashtag Grammar Mirror, hashtag GAM. Another tweet around 3.30 on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Hashtag GAM, hashtag grab a mirror with NDF Electrical. Sid, I'm going to go first. Yeah, go first, man. What do you got grab this week? Grab a mirror, Brian Stacey and his mate, his good mate, Ronan Stevens. Who's Brian and Ronan and what have they done to now, you? Now, Brian Ronan, no, they've done nothing to me. Brian and Ronan are a couple of Irish blokes who love sailing. Oh, good for them. Somehow to be this, sure, to be sure. Somehow this week, their love of boats and the water 
has landed them in jail. Oh, hang on. Let me just, uh, well, I'll let news reporter Sean McCrotch explain. The Dublin District Court is not on any nautical map, but it was the destination today for yacht captain Brian Stacey and his shipmate Ronan Stevens, who were both convicted of careless and drunk sailing and a breach of the peace under maritime law. Drunk sailing and a breach of the peace, Sid. Sound like Bob Bob Geldof reporting there. I'll have obscure charges for $100. (laughs) Now, a couple that I haven't uh, haven't seen in the court notices. Uh, Let's continue. What's uh, Sean got to say about what happened? They went for an early morning cruise on the River Liffey on a bright, sunny summer morning. At 6 a.m., however, they sailed the 26-foot pleasure craft into a shipping lane and refused to get out of it. This delayed the arrival of a 4,000-ton cruise liner. (laughs) 26-footer versus a 4,000-ton cruise liner. Sit on him. It's like a bloke on a unicycle plane chicken against a nullarbor plane's road train. You know, as a pleasure boat owner yourself, Sid, is yes. 26 foot, is that a big boat? Not really. It's bigger than mine, but it's not very big at all. Let's go on. Let's see what Sean's got to say about what happened next. The sailors were seen on CCTV drinking from bottles, but denied it was beer. They were drinking water, they said, from foreign brand glass bottles. The expensive gear. <laughs> I've never seen an Irishman drink water. Well, um... Of course, it was in this story. It was water, mate. The traditional drink of the Irish sailor. Oh, of course, San Pellegrino, especially around six a.m. <laughs> as if they'd be drinking, Sid. As if they'd be drinking. Exactly. So, what happened when uh, the water police arrived, Sid? When the Gardaí arrived, they were told to f off. Brian Stacey insisted it was his God-given right to sail down the Liffey if he felt like it. God-given right. Now, in my experience, anyone using the term "God-given right," especially when being questioned by police actually doesn't have a God-given right to do what they want to do, <laughs> especially when they've had a skin full of Evian. <laughs> so Brian's got a little bit lippy, told him to F off. Yeah. What about Ronan? How's he travelling in all of this? Gartha Paul Moody arrested Captain Brian Stacey, who then commanded deckhand Roland Stevens, who'd never sailed a boat before, to moor the yacht. <laughs> he had to be helped ashore, where he took off all his clothes because he said there were armed guards there and he didn't want to get shot. <laughs> Well, that's that's fair enough, isn't it? I mean, clearly Ronan still has the images of the US riots flashing through his mind. And yeah. Best to get nude to show you pose absolutely no threat to authority, Sid. Did it work? So what was the wash-up from all this? How did the judge take this act of shenanigans, a couple of blokes having a bit of tomfoolery on the water? Just having a few waters. Judge John Hughes sentenced them to three months in prison. He also fined them a €1,000 and ordered them to complete an alcohol awareness program. (laughs) What that court will do with the drunken sailors remains to be seen. Jesus, they uh, take their sailing seriously over there on the River Leafy. I mean... They've got a, and they've basically got to go and do a, an alcohol awareness course. I'm tipping that if there's two blokes aware of alcohol, it's these two. <laughs> I think they need no course. And anyway, imagine poor old Brian and Ronan sitting there and doing the first of their first day of their three month stint in the lockup. Yep. What are you in for? Murder. What are you in for? Bashing. What are you in for? Sailed a boat. <laughs> Had a few waters, 26, went, went 20, fishing. 26-footer. Had a potato. <laughs> anyway, grab a mirror, Brian Ronan, you magnificent bastards. Probably the only thing they did wrong here, Sid, is they probably said, should have said it during their um, trial that they were stopping the Ruby Princess from docking in <laughs> Ireland. Right now, they'd probably be knighted. Equal 10. At four shits and gigs with Zs. Grab a mirror, Broncos board. 
Seabold's coaching got the club turning to shit faster than dare ice coffee and a pie going through a trading. <laughs> Hashtag stinks. Equal 10. That's crazy croc with case. Grab a mirror. Wank best stadium for doing more to cruel the at Sydney Roosters. Put them in it. Three Pete than any team in the competition could. Hashtag turf is fine. Hashtag we'll replace it anyway. Hashtag look over there. Does anyone want to see a three Pete? No. I don't want to see a three Pete. No. Not even Roosters fans want to see it. I don't, I've yeah. heard Roosters fans say, we didn't need a three-peat. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be rude. no good for the game. It'd be rude if they won. That's it. Equal 10. I don't like that new equal 10 it's, it's sound. A, it's a bit of a fucking sex piece yeah, kind of sound. might change it next week. At Lambretta, GP1971 says, hashtag Good man, Lambretta. Grab a mirror. All you people claiming C-bomb can't coach. Last week, everyone was saying the Broncos hadn't scored a second half point since the NRL resumes. This week, two second half tries against the Titans. Problem solved. <laughs> They're on the up. Hashtag, what about the dressing room? Hashtag, where's the dressing room? Hashtag, whoops. Equal 10. At Latrell's advisor. Hmm. <laughs> Grab a mirror at Brisbane Broncos. Put a minute. Good. How's a coach like Tawira Nikau going to help your club? He's one of the best at getting large points scored against him. Hashtag 50 is better than 59. Hashtag turnstile defense. Hashtag, hashtag getting tackling tips from Cartwright. Who tweeted that out? Uh, Latrell's advisor. Thank you, Latrell's advisor, for keeping that Tawira Nikau joke. <laughs> keeping on, keeping on that one. Equal 10. That's really great on my nerves, that equal 10. It's very sex pesty. I, I don't like it. At Geordie ATR. Hey, Geordie. Grab a mirror at Geordie ATR. <laughs> Put myself in it. This is confusing. For accepting to work night shift for the next month, thinking it would be suit my sleeping schedule. Turns out none of my mates want to duck out and meet me at the pub during the day. Hashtag no mates. Hashtag 8am 8 8 beers are normal. Right. Where are you at, mate? I'll come and, <laughs> I'll come and meet you. I love daytime beers. Equal 10. And shower beers. I love shower beers. At <laughs> and free beers. I remember. Oh, here we go. I, I remember. can see a little mind ticking over. Years ago yeah. on uh, um, uh, Not Hamish and Andy, who's the, other, who's the, the good ones that are funny? Used uh, to be former on, and Sid. No, the ones that used oh. to be on Triple J and that. I don't know. American Rosso. Oh, yeah. They used yeah, to have yeah. Australia all over, and you had to ring in and say how Australian you were. Yep. And one bloke said, My mum's so Australian, she sets her alarm for two in the morning to get up to have a smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Champion. At Don Megatron says, Grab a mirror, New South Wales gyms. After reopening recently, I had a crack at that thing you call leg day. You never showed the disclaimer that said the next day I'd need help to get off the shitter after dropping my Morgan morning Grogan. <laughs> Hashtag, I pooped and I can't get up. There's nothing worse. That's why I've skipped the gym for about 700 days now. <laughs> Equal 10. I don't want to get the Rona. At Dingo 2. Hey, Dingo. With a H. My daughter, grab a mirror, my daughter, coming home telling, telling me she got her first tattoo before showing me it. Turning 18 this year might mean long-discussed Dragons Premier's 2020 tats or perhaps the best choice, I love dad. Apparently not an option either. Nah. Turns out some flower shit. Hashtag mum's not happy. You know, it'll be a good tattoo. Get in now. West Tigers tattoo. Eels 2020. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Anyway, where were we? Nine. At Mace. Hey, we're up to nine. One, eight, two. That snuck through. Hey, Mace. Grab a mirror, my old man the seedy old swordsman. (laughs) 
his 10-year RSVP addiction has yielded some <laughs> interesting results. However, he's nailed a home run with the current sauce bottle, and boy, did he show his the wife, kids, and I on Sunday. Hashtag hands everywhere. Hashtag vomiting my mouth a little bit. Hashtag actually I'm jealous. All right. Eat. At Mofo Storm Fan. Grab Good a friend of the show. Grab a mirror me for forgetting it's not 1990 anymore. That's the last time I successfully rode a skateboard at the skate park. Was a mad stack butt this weekend. Hashtag grab a mirror me, still for not getting someone to record it so I could see the old fat guy fall on his ass. Could put it on TikTok. Hashtag doing, not doing that again. <laughs> Hashtag grandpa fails. Let's go for a skate. Nah. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not inviting you. I'm inviting uh, ScoMo. What was his name? His name was Mofo Storm Fan. That's what I said. Seven. ScoMo. Yeah, ScoMo Storm Fan. At Efficient Not Lazy says, Grab a mirror at Efficient Not Lazy. Put him in it. Jeez, that's a theme tonight. Like many others, I defended at John Bateman 1. Put him in it. Against the rumours of him seeking an early release from at Raiders Canberra. Put yeah. him in it. Yeah. I was wrong. Even worse, I now owe James Hooper an apology. In my defence, his track record for truth isn't that good. Don't apologise. Sorry, Hoops. hoops. Don't apologise to Hoops. Oh, what's he doing? Six. At Triff81. Hey, Triff. Grab a mirror, winter. <laughs> it's bad enough that the bed flute is small, but it doesn't need your help going into hibernation. Hashtag looks like a puppy paw holding a peach. Hashtag... <laughs> Hashtag reverse Andrew RLP. <laughs> Hashtag the disappointer. Hashtag it's a grower, not a shower. Yeah. Hashtag small bed flute lives matter. I've got a grower and a shower. <laughs> it's tough being me. Five. You know it's good for those cold winter months? Full credit to the boys' jersey. Dinker up. Oh. Ah. At NRL for breakfast. Grab a mirror, NRL touch judge. judges. Put them in it. To celebrate the return of crowds and removing cardboard cutouts, the touchies honoured the cutouts by acting like they were cutouts themselves. <laughs> hashtag bravo, hashtag Stevie Wonder, hashtag Specsavers. Good one. Four. At Toddy, 2102. Grab a mirror, my dog. If you must clear your anal glands, would you mind not doing it on the carpeted rumpus room, but rather outside? <laughs> Some of these grab a mirrors we get. Hashtag smells like death. Hashtag think fish markets and sewage. Hashtag free dog. Uh, can I have a go now? Yes. All right. Grab a mirror. Chinese blokes. <laughs> it's a lot of them. Going to go through them one by one? Or? There's about 800 million of them. The Chinese blokes dead set. What's going on, lads? Some strange units live in China, former. I know that's probably a generalisation. I shouldn't make such sweeping statements, but let's be honest, they're not listening to this show. <laughs> and we laughed and laughed. Chinese are listening are. to everything. <laughs> anyway, this story fits into the old category that I like of just because you can doesn't mean you should. And the headline comes from the Wuhan Markets Weekly, and it reads... Man inserts 15-inch eel into his rear in folk remedy before it tears holes in his bowels. It's tough to even read. If that's what it's doing, what was it trying to fix? Well, this story I thought is right up our alley, so to speak. (laughs) Doctors in Dekong province. Deep deep dong. Dekong. Put that into Google Translate. (laughs) Dekong province pulled a 15-inch... For those 
normal people on the metric system. It's 40 centimetre, a 40 centimetre Asian swamp eel out of a man's colon before he admitted... Tell you what, Asian swamp eel, lovely with a bit of rice and a sweet and sour sauce. Oh, yeah, they're very nice fried up. But uh, Straight from the wet markets. They pulled this out of his colon and he admitted he had inserted it, still alive, into his body via his anus to cure his constipation. Now, again... This may be a generalisation, but I've always thought Chinese people are pretty good at maths. So this fella, he's done the sums and thought a 15-inch eel up me balloon knot is better than the constipation I'm feeling. It's tough. Let's get some Metamucil. Something. Is it like baby formula over there? Very hard to get. It's very hard to get. The 52-year-old sweatshop worker and Parramatta fan (laughs) said he had not done a poo-poo for two days. So he decided to put his pet eel that he named Dum Dum <laughs> up there to relieve his irritation. And I'm not going to read out the gory details, but it ended up not being a good idea for me. Now, unbelievably, this isn't the only case of a Chinese fella using eels irresponsibly. Another man ate two live eels that he bought from a wet market. No shit. Sherlock. He decided to eat them also as a remedy for constipation. And another man was admitted to a hospital in Guangdong (laughs) as he had a 25-centimetre fish stuck in his rectum that he said got there because he accidentally sat on it. (laughs) (laughs) Can happen. How often? (laughs) Three times this week for me. So grab a mirror, China. Stop shoving things up your bum hole and get back to spying on all of us. Three. At Graham Gudinski. Hey, Gudinski. <laughs> Grab a mirror at NRL Touch Judges. Sorry, at NRL Touch Judge Recruitment Policy. Why is it policy that NRL touchies have to have a slice of Devon on their head <laughs> or are already bald? Hashtag grab a mirror. Hashtag hairy people matter too. Hashtag get them on side ref. Hashtag touchy has a boner. Then he put us in it, and then hashtag full credit to the boys sounds like too many T's to me. Yeah, oh, F-C-T-T-T-T-B sounds like too many, too many T's, many T's, to T's. Me. Good one. Two. At Big Mac Keeper. Grab a mirror of the RSPCA for not taking ownership of the horse mascots used by both the Broncos and Cowboys. You poor, starving, and under-exercised animals. Surely you can use some of the cash from the coaches' salaries for your feed. Hashtag contract extension. Hashtag cruelty. Hashtag get the gun ready. Hashtag horsey heaven. Very good. One. What do we got? Jeez, you're taking a deep breath. You all right? At Beer Boy. Hey. 182. Grab a mirror at Spotify AU. Put a minute. Good. You have one song stuck in your head for two weeks, and all you want to do is get into your underwear, have a glass of wine with your besties, and dance like no one was watching to your favourite song and is not available in your region. And guess what song it is? What song is it? I'm just an ordinary girl. Well, bugger me dead while we're here. Yeah, well, we might as well do this week's Beck Jugs update. First article this week for me. Rebecca Judd's family brunch in Noosa interrupted when a lizard walks past. 
shit you not. And there was a photo of a lizard on the ground. Wow. Second article. Won't be going to Noosa anymore. Nah, from Victoria. It's putrid. <laughs> Two weeks quarantine. <laughs> Plus quarantine. All. Plus Boy. all the lizards. They get in the way of brunch. Second article. Pity it's winter. Rebecca Judge shares extraordinary photo of her pool. It wasn't that extraordinary, let me tell you. It looked like one of those $300 jobbies from Clark Rubber, if I'm honest. Nothing extraordinary about that pool. But third article this week, Rebecca Judd bans AFL star husband Chris from taking son for haircuts as she's forced to get his mullet removed at the salon. Boo! Boo! But this one's for you, beer boy. That is this week's Beck Judd update. I'm just a Right, let's do this, Sid. NRL round preview brought to you by Bluebet. Bet Australian, bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au or download the app today. Yes, it's NRL and it's round eight and it's brought to you by round Blue, eight. bluebet.com.au and whenever we preview the round, we get this bloke on. He's the man. Andrew Ferguson from Rugby League Project. You can find him on Twitter at Andrew RLP, or you can listen to his podcast, Fergo and the Freak, available on iTunes, Spotify, and ABC FM. <laughs> <laughs> How you going, brother? You're all good, the uh, ABC FM spot. Uh, it's, it's a rip-roaring success. <laughs> Classic FM. Hopefully there's no fact-checkers out there. Uh, Barktober. Just... I'm hanging out for Barktober. Um... Yeah, we're, we're between the jazz and the uh, classical music. <laughs> that was like when we were on uh, Eon Sports. Yeah, we put them we to were, bed. We were before a uh, car. A motoring show. <laughs> yeah, a motoring show. Yeah, that was good times. Let's uh, look at uh, round eight. We start on Thursday night. The Melbourne Storm take on the Sydney Roosters. Both team swept down by injuries. It's $2.85, the Melbourne Storm, with bluebet.com.au. It is $1.42, the Sydney Roosters. What do the stats say here, Andrew? Uh, the Storm have played 12 games on a Thursday, and they've won every single one of them. Interesting. Yeah. Um, who are you backing, mate? Uh, I'm going with the Roosters. This is a uh, home game for the Storm up there at Suncorp, mm. Brisbane. Very strange. Word is, uh, is they're going to try and get their home games on the Sunshine Coast. Interesting. Mm. Where did they go first? They've, they've done some travelling, the Storm. Albury. Got kicked out of there. Yeah, they got kicked out of Albury. Now they're up at Suncorp. Uh, I reckon this will be a cracking game. I think the Roosters. Just. Yeah, I think the Roosters too. Um but what do I know? I'm 105th in the tipping comp, so... That's true. Whatever. Uh, the first game on Friday night sees the Canberra Raiders take on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. It's $1.25, the Raiders with Bluebet. It's $3.95, bluebet.com.au for all your odds. And they're back at home. Andrew, what do the stats say? Canberra have won 33 of their 45 games at home when playing against Illawarra St. George and St. George Illawarra. <laughs> Down there at GM Cold Stadium. What are you? Finally back. Good on them. Who are you backing, mate? I'm going Canberra here. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think they'll right the uh, ship this week. I actually think By that they... plenty. Yeah, I think they might do too, mate, especially if it's nice and cold down there. They'll enjoy it down there, the, the Dragons. Yeah, it's a um, no-brainer. 
Raiders. Second game. Nobody asked me, but I'm telling you. I thought you said yeah. Yeah. Uh, second, said yeah. Second game on Friday, Parramatta Reels. They take on the North Queensland Cowboys, both coming off the back of wins. $1.33, the Parramatta Reels with bluebird.com.au. $3.30, North Queensland Cowboys. Andrew, what are the stats saying? The last time the Eels played without Mitch Moses was in round 15, 2018, and on that occasion they lost 42-24 to the Cowboys. Ooh. Jeez. So you're saying there's a mm. chance. Who are you backing, mate? Yeah, I, I think Parramatta, but I don't think they're going to win by a big margin. Yeah, that's an interesting stat, that. That's... It is. You were due. Right. I was due, yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a stats man, you, you expect to be, you know, come up with a good one at least once a year. <laughs> what do you reckon? Uh, Parramatta will win. Almost. Okay, talk. I'm almost tempted to go the roughy there. Can you feel it? Where's it at? It's at Wankbest. Yeah. New surface. I'll I'll stick with the eels, but I'll tell you, I'm almost tempted. Um, No, the eels will win. On Saturday, we start with uh, the under-18s. It's Gold Coast Titans, $2.60 with bluebet.com.au. It's $1.50 for the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. They're playing up there at Bang Bus Super Stadium. What are the stats saying, mate? Uh, the Titans have won back-to-back games just once in their last 40 games. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tough team to follow. Um, who are you backing, mate? Sharks. Yeah, I can't see anything, but what about you, mate? Well, Saturday, 3 o'clock, I'm thinking of cleaning all my fly screens um, when this game's on. But, uh, no, nah, I think the Sharkies have turned a corner. I think they'll put on a bit of a score. Um, the second game on Super Saturday, it's the New Zealand Tamworth Gosford uh, and MIA Warriors. They're $2.55 with Blue Bet, and they're playing the Brisbane Broncos off the back of five losses in a row at a dollar fifty-two. That's right, a dollar fifty-two after losing five in a row. I'm going to paint my skirting board <laughs> at five thirty. I'm watching the AFL. Um, Andrew, what are the stats saying? The Broncos' points difference over their last ten games is minus one hundred and ninety, which is something they've achieved. Uh, sorry, something they've never achieved in the any time in the history over ten games. Ooh. Who are you backing, mate? Surely not. You know, fuck, I'm going with a draw. A draw? Jeez. Oh, yeah, I'm going to draw. Um, I'm going the Broncos. I'm going the Broncos, I think. But that's a low game. Yeah, that is a very low game. Should have been on at midnight. Um, but to finish off Super Saturday, probably that's the... reserve grade. We've got the under-18s. Probably the best game grade. of the round. Battle of the Cats, Season. I'm calling it. The West Tigers take on the Penrith Panthers. It's $2.60 with Blue Bet, the Tigers. It's $1.50, the Panthers. What are the stats saying here, mate? Penrith have lost their last game against Balmain, the Magpies, and the West Tigers. Yep. Interesting. It's going to continue. Um yeah, I was hoping you were just going to say Penrith can't attack as your stat. Um, I'll say that in a minute. What's your uh, What's your tip? Uh, Tigers by 40. 40? <laughs> <laughs> Only 40? <laughs> Sid. Um, well, AFL would kill for 40 points right yeah, now, by the way. Yeah, it's, <laughs> they about, would. it's about three hours of <laughs> AFL right there. Uh, I think everyone can go back and listen at the beginning of the season. I picked that West Tigers will finish sixth. And they are currently sitting in sixth. Mm. I'm going to claim that as a victory. (laughs) 
But uh, the Panthers can't attack. And the last two weeks, the West Tigers can defend. So it's going to be an upset. The Tigers, 1-12. to um, I backed the Panthers by one. Boo. Uh, the second game, sorry, the first Fair game on fan. first game on Sunday sees the Manly Warringah Seagulls take on the Newcastle Knights. It's two dollars and five for the Manly Warringah Seagulls. They're playing at Legoland. Don't forget, it's a dollar seventy-seven. The Newcastle Knights. I mean, if a, if coronavirus can live through asbestos, <laughs> then there's still a chance that. People could be contagious there. Um, what are the stats saying here, Andrew? Manly have won their last six games against the Knights that were played on a Sunday, winning by an average margin of 22. Yeah, but where was Tom Travojevic and all of those? What are you tipping, mate? Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Knights. Sorry to, sorry to surprise you with these games. Um... No, I'm a bit the same. <laughs> I look at this game. I don't know. I love, like I was saying to you before, I love the Sea Eagles attack and all their offloads. They can surprise teams. I don't think they're going to surprise the Knights. I think the Knights will scrape home, but it'll be a close one, I reckon. I think the Knights will want to bounce back after last week, especially that first half. And finally, the biggest game of the weekend. They've tried to hide it right in the bottom corner of Sunday afternoon, but it sees the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs will win. <laughs> it's $4. The Bulldogs with bluebet.com.au. It's Ooh, a $4. $1.24. Should be $40. It's a $1.24, the Bunnies. Andrew, what are the stats saying? The last time the Bulldogs beat the Bunnies on July the 5th was in round 12, 1958. When was the last time the Bunnies beat the Bulldogs on a July 5th? Uh, 1970. <laughs> <laughs> No one likes a smart ass, mate. What's your tip? <laughs> What's your tip? Uh, bunnies by heaps. Yeah, bunnies by a fair bit. I can't see the Bulldogs try. They always do, but I just can't see them getting close to the bunnies. Um, Sydney, you've got a rough punt? Yes, I do. Let me play this. Sick of hearing that song. What I'm going to do this week, Canberra, they're going to bounce back. They're going to cover the ten and a half start. Playing at home, finally. Yeah, gee, I'm cold. They'll be fine. Dollar ninety five minus ten and a half. South Sydney, they too will get a win up against the Dogs, and they're giving up ten and a half start at dollar ninety. I'm taking that. Dick Fingers Ferguson, he's going to score a try. That's only a dollar eighty anytime try scorer, and I'm going to boost the shit out of this. <laughs> And go Sione Katoa for the Sharkies. First try scorer. Ooh. He's at $9. So if you combine all that, Bluebet still hasn't confirmed my bet. They're <laughs> shitting their pants. It's a $50 bet with them. It's going to pay over $3,000 because it's $60.02. We're taking the big boys to the cleaners this week, boys. Let's Hard go. Up, Blue, but... Let's do it. Come on, Katoa. Before we let you go, Andrew, what's uh, any news, any new stats over at Rugby League Project? Uh, working on a few things at the moment, so um, should have a few more boring graphs and stuff coming out on Twitter to bore everyone with pretty soon. Pretty soon. Jeez, you're selling it well. Real market. Oh, people love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget, you can have a look at Rugby League Project. You can actually help the, help the website exist by uh, donating to their Patreon 
It's down the bottom left-hand side of the main menu on the landing page. And people do love it and use it all the time. You so can listen to, help that out. Listen to Andrew's podcast, Fergo and the Freak, or you can just follow him on Twitter and uh, send some dick pics to him and he'll send some back to you. At Andrew <laughs> RLP, he is, of course... He's a open the sack, empty the sack. The boy sack. mail and feedback time. Thank you very much to Dan Adias for joining us uh, tonight and talking all things the sweet science. Um, and if you want to just follow him on Twitter, he's a really good fella and all things boxing. Well, actually he's a Penrith fan too. So you've got to let him go with a few things. It's not perfect, obviously. No, they can't attack the Panthers. (laughs) Uh, anything else this week? You know, I'm setting myself up for a fail there. No, no. The battle of the cats. Not you. They'll probably put 60 on the Tigers this week, but I stand by it. (laughs) Can't attack. They can't attack. They'll be all from kicks. (laughs) (laughs) Tap-ons and bat-offs. Um, the jerseys are a week away. Yeah, the jerseys should be coming soon, and they look fantastic. So, to those of you that bought them, you're going to look fantastic. Those of you that didn't buy one, sucked in. You're not. Nah. Um, anything else? There's membership packs. There's only going to be about twenty more available. Okay. Yeah. So very good. Thank you back. very much to Mayor Inc for supplying those from the beautiful on short people notice. at Mayor Inc. So yeah, go to our shop. Get a membership pack because what I'm going to do is organise a live show very soon. I can't say too much, but I have been speaking to some managers of high-profile pe- people <laughs> and I'm working on the halftime entertainment at our live show. And all right, I'll let it slip right now. There is a chance that there will be jelly wrestling <laughs> between Beck Jugs. And Roxy. And Roxy Jacenko. There's a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen for sure, but I'm talking to a few people. Um, anything else? Let's just finish off by saying it's called the Rump Shaker. The beat is like sweeter than candy. I'm feeling manly and your shaker's coming in handy. Slide them across from New York down by your Virginia. Tickling you around Delaware before I enter. Good night, everybody. See ya. Baby, check, baby, one, two. Check, baby, check, baby, one. It's going on, shaker. The beach is like sweeter than candy. I'm feeling manly, and your shaker's coming in handy. Slide on my claws from New York down by your Virginia. Tickling you around Delaware before I enter. Don't do seduction from face hips to feet. A wiggle and a tickle can make the night complete. Now, since you got the body of the year, come and get the award. Here's a hint it's like a long sharp sword. Flip tails, so let me see you shake it up like dice. The way you shake it up is turning mighty men of mice. But A plus got a surprise that's a backbreaker. Now let me see you shake it up like a rock shaker. All I wanna do is zoom, 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 and I boom, boom. Just shake your Got places to go and people to see. I gotta know what you're doing with me.